Greetings, troubled listeners. Welcome back to the Troubled Men Podcast. I am Renee Coman, sitting in the safe house, on the line with my co-host, the original troubled man for troubled times, and future mayor of New Orleans, Mr. Manny Chevrolet. Welcome, Manny. Hey, man. How are you? I'm hanging in there, Manny. Uh, you know, making making progress day by day. You're, uh, uh, you're part yeah. of the recovery. Oh yeah. well, yeah, I'm 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 in recovery. Right. <laughs> I need, yeah. I, I need to be in recovery. Something. So, is are they working on your house yet? Um. Well, I actually finally got the uh, the insurance adjuster out on the roof yesterday. Uh, he, he saw all the roof damage. He's taking over the uh, the the adjustment on the entire thing so I, I feel like i'm in good hands with him hopefully uh hopefully i don't get a lot of a lot of flack but uh he 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 seemed to agree with with my estimation of that that the uh the roof needs to be replaced and uh i've got uh construction crew at work over on bienville street rebuilding that uh that shed so uh so yeah, yeah well gee whiz i mean yeah you got an adjuster well, god so what about three weeks after the storm he finally showed up or she finally showed up well it's it's more than three weeks it's now yeah. it's been like five weeks since the storm but well oh. you know we had the the first adjuster who came and walked around and looked at everything under the roof and then they said well i don't have a tall ladder so i don't know what they they knew there was roof damage so uh, right yeah well we uh, had our adjuster because we had some uh, very little damage to it with some a lot of shingles flew off and he finally showed up last Sunday, and then some guy went up on the roof, and you know. But then he said, "Then he says, well, give me a week, and I'll get back to you.' Well, it's been you know ten days now, and he hasn't gotten back to us. But I mean, I, I'm not really that concerned because we didn't we had very little very little damage. So I mean, I'd rather have those guys helping out the people who really need it. You know? Sure. Yeah, they got their hands full, man. But, yeah, uh, these- and they're good hands full. The Allstate guys, they're <laughs> yeah. good hands full if you have Allstate. Right. But, uh, yeah, so, well, uh, you know, it is what it is, man. Hurricanes do what they do, man. Yep, and, yep. Uh, didn't, didn't, I wasn't anticipating that. That's going to be. Well, a- you're lucky there's uh, there's no rain in, in the forecast for at least a week. So, yeah. Lucky. You don't have to be emptying buckets or whatever you've been doing. No, no, and and the construction crew is able to to have some uh, put a bunch of good days together uh, rebuilding that that outbuilding over on Bienville, and I think I they even said uh, you can call a plumber and tell him uh, he can show up on uh, on Thursday and start running rerunning the uh, water and gas line. So, man, if that if that can actually happen on time, uh, that that apartment could be uh, habitable again by uh, the end of the week. My, uh, my old tenant can move back in cause he's, he didn't want to move on. He likes that place so much. He was willing to, uh, to, to wait until I had it replaced, repaired so he could move back. And where is he now? Um, he was back. I think he's from like Tennessee or Kentucky or something. He was back in his, his home area for a while. Although I think he might've drifted back down to, uh, to this area, maybe just staying with friends. And, um, but he, he did make contact to see, uh, what kind of progress we were making earlier. So he's, he's a flexible guy, you know, he's, he's a good natured fellow. So, uh, so, so you have all the students back on campus now. You're, you're, uh, you're, you're still in the crush of, of the, the, uh, the, the textbook freak out or how's that going? That's been all right. Um, 
I uh, yeah, it's been pretty busy, but I you know it's what it, it it you know it uh, it is what it is. But I want to talk about a, a a good friend of ours. Oh, okay. And a big fan of the show. Uh-huh. Uh And a good friend of ours uh, was uh, busted for DUI. Mm. Our friend Judge Arthur Murillo. Oh, really? You, you didn't hear this? No, no, I didn't. Oh, well, it's been in the papers. It's been on the news for the last couple of days. Uh, our friend Judge Marullo, an old ring room guy. Sure. He uh, he was uh, driving, I guess, in his neighborhood, and he <clears throat> and he ran into a pole hmm. in his car, and uh, uh, the police came and uh, they found that he was under the influence of alcohol and driving. Hmm. So uh, our good friend Judge Marullo, uh, you know, he, uh, uh, I, he they had no comment. But I yeah, just that's. Give a, yeah, I want to give it. Go ahead. No, I was going to say, yeah, he understands how uh, you know in the legal game, the less you say, the better off you are. Right. So I really think we need to get him on the show soon. Well, you know, I remember, you know, when we were back in the ring room, we would always uh, try to get him on, and and I think he demurred because he didn't want to uh, endanger his reputation right. by coming on the Trouble well, Hell podcast. <laughs> That's over now. Okay. <laughs> you think it's clear sailing now. <laughs> it's clear sailing now. We can get him on the show. Okay. Uh, um, but, yeah, so I, I, the judge, uh, you know, uh, people, and, you know, he, he loved going to the ring room. So I, I'm thinking right. that maybe, you know, the ring room is semi back open again um, uh, for, for drinks and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, only a couple of days a week. And, uh, he's, you know, he, he loves going to that bar. He does. He really likes it a lot. And uh, so I'm, I'm just hoping, and I don't know if he was, he left the ring room and then this happened. I, I have no idea. It did happen on a Saturday. So I don't think it was at the ring room because the ring okay. room is not open on Saturdays. Well, let's just say he was, a, he's accused of this. He, he may, he may well be innocent and uh, it may well all pan out that, uh, that, you know, it was uh, well, just. Yeah. What out. they're not saying though is because I heard from uh, some local neighbors in that area that. You know, when the police came, he started throwing punches and stuff. Oh, really? At the police. <laughs> well, and, again, allegedly. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's allegedly just, throwing just punches. Just rumors here, yeah. You know, because you know he does work out at the at the ring room. He does a lot okay. of workout. He really? does the dumbbells and the weights and stuff like that. So he's he's no spring chicken. I know that. No, he's like I think he's like eighty two years old or something okay. like that. Um, <laughs> but. Um, yeah, he uh, and then when they handcuffed him, he was uh, I don't know, he was shouting Black Lives Matters and stuff like that. Oh, and, oh, you know, well, I I hate to see anything happen to uh, to a friend of the podcast. So, yeah, uh, so uh, but yeah, you know it happens. Uh, you know, he's eighty one. You know, why not? You know, have a few cocktails. Sure, sure. Right. Yeah, what do you have to lose, man? Yeah, exactly. Well, you know, speaking of the the legal game, are you are you finished with that? that yeah, I'm, I'm done. Yeah. Okay, because I, I was I, I saw. Recently, uh, you know, Sirhan Sirhan, he's got a catchy name. Uh, Sirhan Sirhan, you know, uh, uh, what's that? 80s new wave band, Sirhan um, Sirhan. It's it's close to that, close oh, to that, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, but uh, Sirhan Sirhan, assassin of uh, Bobby Kennedy, um, he he was uh, he was just paroled. Uh, for, after being in prison for all this time for for killing Bobby Kennedy, and I saw that uh, that John Hinckley. Um, you know, uh, uh, attempted assassin of uh, Ronald Reagan, you know, famously uh, uh, had a big crush on Jodie Foster, that uh, he has just been released without any uh, supervision. So it's, it's, it's been a good few weeks for assassins. 
Um, well, that's, yeah, I guess so. I mean, you know, they, they, these guys have been in there a long time and, and, uh, Sirhan, so what are they going to do? I mean, where, where is Sirhan Sirhan going to do? Where, you know, did he make enough license plates to go run an apartment now? <laughs> I, I don't mean, know I, what his yeah. plans are really. I mean, <laughs> and, and, and the other guy, Hinckley, I mean, I think Hinckley came from money. Okay. So he probably has something to fall back on, but as Sirhan, I'm sure he'll just open like a, a liquor store and some bad neighborhood or something like could that. be he's got to be up there in age too man I, yeah man, i hope he doesn't uh you know just start l- looking out on the horizon of who he might want to assassinate next i can't imagine that that's the case but, I, uh, I, and, and the thing about him i mean I, you know we, we know so much about uh um uh what's his name uh, the one who killed jfk uh lee harvey oswald yeah we know about, so much about lee harvey but, I mean, I really don't know much about Sirhan Sirhan. I mean, you know. Yeah, he was, a, he was kind of a mysterious figure. Yeah. And uh, let's just, you know, and I don't like mystery. You know, I don't really care for mystery. You so, don't, really. Uh, you know, it, uh, but he's, uh, wasn't he like pretending to be like a worker at the uh, place? It was, a, it was a, what hotel was it at? The, uh, it was the Ambassador Hotel in Los Angeles. Okay. Bobby Good. Kennedy was giving a speech and then he was walking. Right. Or they were getting him out through the kitchen. Mm-hmm. I think he was uh, pretending to be a busboy or right. I think you're right. Like yeah, and he came over and just shot him. You know. Yep. You know, one yeah. of the worst, <laughs> one of the funniest, but worst things I ever saw was, is um, on the Today Show. Remember, the, uh, Matt Lauer used to host the Today Show. Right. Well, he had um, he had Bobby Kennedy's son on the show. He was interviewing mm-hmm. him on the morning show, and you know, this is when Ted was still alive. Okay. And Matt Lauer made the biggest fa- faux pas or mistake ever as, as an inter. He goes, he goes, and now I'd like to, you know, he, he goes, welcome. Good morning to you. And he said, instead of saying, how's your uncle? He said, how's your dad? Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he said, he goes, how's your dad? I mean, your uncle. <laughs> so, like, yeah, it's tough, man. <laughs> it's, yeah. He's no longer the host of the Today Show anymore. <laughs> no, he got me too. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 But um, also, I want to talk about, you know, uh, local politics. You know, we're getting closer to the election. We're, uh, I'm having my fundraiser at the 16th of October right. at, the, at the Carrollton Station, and we've got a great lineup. Yep. Uh, we've got uh, Missy Meatlocker, Natty mm. Sanchez. We've got the Guitar Legends of New Orleans featuring Cranston Clemens, uh, John Rankin, and uh, all sorts of other people. We've got a band called Flatware, which features... D.C. Harbaugh, and do you remember Chris Knotts from the Plowboys? Yes, yes. Yes, he's in, he's in town, so he's nice. going to be playing. And we've got all sorts of stuff, and we'll be there. You'll be there for a yeah, while. Yeah, that, that sounds fun. You said uh, Sex Dog is, is playing as well. Well, right? that's, yeah, that's the much, much more bit on the flyer. <laughs> much more is probably okay. Sex Dog will play something. And okay. who, remember we had a guest a while back her name was uh, tiana or trina or something yeah, like t- that tiana hucks yes yeah Malavitas. that's the name of her band she might play her band might play too we haven't oh, gotten cool. that we haven't I got that, that band. i've never seen them but my wife and her take a class together at, at the uh, ring room um, yes the Malavitas. it's almost everybody in the band has been on the podcast so carl oh, really? Nuso is the drummer um Tiana Hux is the singer, and Rob Cambray is the uh, guitar player. Ooh. And they've, they've all been on the podcast. So, yes. Well, we're, um, we're they fans. have a gig out of town the night before our fundraiser. Mm-hmm. So, they, it's not 100% sure they're going to make it. 
But listen, okay. before we get to our guest, because she's waiting patiently for us. Yes. She's exciting to me. Oh, yeah. Uh, I want to talk about, you know, going on, you know, all the stuff here in the city. You know, the trash isn't getting picked up. It's getting worse and worse. Uh, I don't know if your trash is getting picked up, but they picked up our trash last Monday, and they haven't been back since. And so... Um, it's, it's piling it's, up again. It's piling up again in lots of neighborhoods. But apparently a guy in Gentilly, I don't know if you heard about this, is so angry. He was so angry that his trash hasn't been picked up since the storm that he called 911. <laughs> Did you hear about this? Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. <laughs> and he says he will shoot the mayor if his trash isn't picked up. Right. <laughs> he will shoot the mayor, which means he wants to kill the mayor. Right. If his trash doesn't get picked up, he was arrested, and he could oh, yeah. he can look. He might get up to fifteen years in jail if convicted. Right. Well, yeah. I, the, the the thing that caught my my eye, I read that whole article, and uh, they had his attorney speaking for him, and he and he said in his in his client's defense, he said clearly my client has a drinking problem. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I didn't see that. I didn't see that. <laughs> well, that's a good defense. Yeah, yeah. He didn't really mean it. He was just—it was just the booze talking, you know. Right, just the booze talking. You know, makes you a big tough guy. Yeah, you know. Right. Oh, right. It's like, also like that guy who confronted Latoya, our mayor, at the bar. You know, uh, he was at the bar. He was probably a little souse, and he confronted her, and she had her bodyguards, so she was giving him a lot of verbiage. You know, but uh, but you know, I, what I was thinking is like you know. Didn't people used to just burn trash years and years ago, just burn their garbage? Well, Wasn't yeah, out in the country, do? yeah, I don't think you can really do that in the city. I mean, you shouldn't do it anywhere, but yeah, people do that in the country, but... Because yeah. I remember seeing like those old like stuff from the 20s, like in New York, people would just be burning their garbage. Yeah, yeah. I think like during the Depression, they would burn it, they'd start a fire just to stay warm, right? Have oh, okay, the, the hobos yeah. out there warming their hands over a, a burning trash fire uh, wow well anyway yeah so I, I i you know i hope he gets off this guy you know yeah yeah i'll probably put him on some kind of uh you know probation or uh what do they call it uh diversion program since he's right not, yeah i'll have to get his really. card signed at an aa meeting right yeah you know, yeah, that's, yeah, yeah yeah exactly some some you know. court-ordered uh, uh recovery right all right, well, listen, I'm done. I, uh, okay. I have a few other things, but th they can wait for another time. Yeah. Um, but let's get to our guest. Yes, yes. She's a terrific guest. I've known her for a while. Her, her career has kind of uh, uh, paralleled the, the, uh, the, the same timeline as the Iguana's career. Um, she's uh, originally from Canada, but she's, she's been in Austin for a good long time. She's a multi-award winning blues roots guitar player, vocalist, songwriter, uh, she, uh, she has a terrific new record that's, that's coming out October 22nd, Pinky's Blues. And, uh, it's, it's already out so in, in, uh, Canada and, uh, she's got three singles in, uh, on the, uh, the, the Roots Music Report. She has number one, number two, and number 11 slots in the, uh, the, the top 50 Canada song chart, so this is going to be a great record, big record for her. So anyway, we'll get into all that, but without further ado, Miss Sue Foley. Welcome, Sue. Hi there. Hello. Hey, guys. How are you? Welcome. Oh, thank, thank you. For, you. Thank you for being here. Man, it's my pleasure. 
It's exciting. You're having a good week, aren't you? Because you got uh, your number one with a bullet. Number one. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, and you're you're getting all kind of uh, attention from from magazines. I saw a vintage guitar magazine uh, debuted one of your singles. Yeah, we're doing all right. I mean, considering the album's still a while to come out, so uh, right. I feel pretty stoked about it. Yeah, it's all right. Yeah, and you, you got a real professional team behind it. You know, I saw, I watched uh, all of your videos today, like uh, very professional looking videos. And, Thank uh, you. Yeah, that was songs uh, sound terrific. They were done uh, by this guy in Nashville, Tim Hardiman, who does a lot of work with the Black Keys, but he's very cool dude. So yeah, nice. Yeah. So, so Sue, let's let's uh, let's uh, work our way from the from the beginning. So you, you're 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 born in Ottawa. Um, yeah. Is that where you grew up? Well, yeah, a little bit. I mean, I was in Ottawa till I was about thirteen, and then we moved to Edmonton. Then I moved back to Ottawa. Then I moved to Vancouver, and from then I've just been sort of a transient gypsy type. But okay. I've been I've been in Texas since you know I was in Texas by the time I was twenty one, and then I went back home. To raise a kid and i've been back in texas for about the last three and a half years or so okay yeah so spent almost as much time in texas as you as you have in uh in, in canada huh yeah and it's great i'm happy to be back so you said you went back to canada to raise a child yeah when was this that was uh well at the end of the 90s okay. uh, my did you go back there because the healthcare system's better well, yeah. I mean, I, I'm from Canada, and uh, also my family was there, so right. It, it was kind of, but yeah, the healthcare thing. I didn't know anything about the U.S. healthcare system at that point. We've been tour touring down here for years, <laughs> never had any healthcare. But we we're we we're kids, you know. We didn't we didn't know anything now, about anything. I knew a girl from Vancouver. She was a real Canadian girl. And she used to open beer bottles with her teeth. Ooh. Can you do that? <laughs> no, but okay. that sounds like a real Canadian girl. Yeah. It does. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. She was she was something, man. She used to open it'd be like, you know, you'd be really drunk at a party, you couldn't get the beer open, and you just give it to her and she was our you know, she was our bottle opener with her oh, teeth. Man. Yeah. Oh man. That's pretty be careful. Hardcore. Yeah. Well, they must have a uh, good dental care up there in Canada. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that too. Yeah. Well, so Sue, uh, you're you're a, a 13 year old girl in in uh, in Canada, um, as was I at one time. No, just kidding. Um, but how, how do you how do you get into playing the blues as a 13 year old girl in Canada? Yeah, it, I mean, it's kind of it's kind of funny. I even wonder that myself sometimes. Like, how did I ever get here? But um, you know, I just kind of, I was, I, I had I had three older brothers and my dad, they all played guitar. So the, you know, the family instrument was guitar. I was the youngest of five kids and I picked it up too when I was, when I was 13, I wanted to be, I always wanted to be a musician, but I didn't know I would play guitar until I was 13. And then I was just like, okay, this is going to be my vehicle. But it wasn't until I was about 15 and I, and I discovered early blues music that I realized, and I went to my first blues show that I realized it would be a, I would be a blues guitar player. Um, you know, it was, through, it was through bands, like, cause my brothers were all into Zeppelin and ZZ and the Stones and Clapton. And I didn't realize 
for a long time that, oh, well, I've been hearing blues my whole life. It's just was played by white kids, <laughs> white British kids or whatever. Uh-huh. But, um, but yeah, that's how I discovered it, M- mainly through the Stones. And then once I discovered it, it was like, uh, okay, where have you been all my life? I, and and it, w- it wasn't really even just the records. It was when I went to my first blues show and we were kids. Who was that? Who was your first blues show? It was James Cotton. Nice. Yeah. And, you know, at the time I was in Ottawa, you know, I was just like any other teenager, just really unhappy. <laughs> sure. <laughs> Makes <off>. sense. <laughs> right. Just place, pissed off, whatever you want. You know, I just wasn't, I didn't like the world very much. You know, I was just like, what the, f-? you know. Um, but You can curse on the podcast. Oh, okay. What the yeah, fuck yeah. are we up right. for, you know? Like, right. And I'd been into punk rock prior to that because I, I was a pretty angry teen for a while. And then I went to this, went to this James Cotton show and, um, Man, I just, this music, I don't know, it just got inside me. And I, I guess I was in that position where you're just open and it just gets right in, into you, you know? And I I just got, I, I was so enamored that, and then so uplifted. You know, people say, oh, blues, you know, so depressing or so sad. And, and then I, I was so uplifted. I didn't feel sad. I felt like, like there was some meaning in the world. So that was it, you know, I was changed. Okay. And how old were you? I was 15. 15 when you saw, oh, that's great. That's yeah. amazing. Yeah. And then I saw you, you started playing gigs a short time after that, like 16 or something. You started the Sue Foley band. Is that correct? Well, I started playing gigs at 16 and then I played around Ottawa in different groups and I learned a lot. And then I, I decided at 18, I was going to move to Vancouver. So I packed up my little bit of stuff and I moved to Vancouver by myself at 18 um, I just graduated from high school. <clears throat> I got to Vancouver and I figured, well, I'll get there and I'll get a gig, you know, as a guitar player, but nobody wanted to hire me. So I ended up, I met another group, bunch of young players like myself at the local blues jam. And I, so I just had to form my own band cause I couldn't get a gig. So I didn't really want to, <laughs> I didn't want to sing. I didn't want to front a band. I just wanted to play guitar, but uh, nobody would hire me or there were no gigs open. And, and so I, I started the, my own band and that was it. So Vancouver is, uh, you went there because there's a better music scene? Well, you know, I was from Ottawa and, you know, in Canada, there was, but there was two choices at the time. It was Toronto or Vancouver. Toronto is pretty close to Ottawa. I think I just wanted to go far. I just wanted to. Get away, yeah. Yeah, I just wanted to go on an adventure and Vancouver was far away. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Well, cool. So, so you're up there playing. Um, so, uh, how does how does Austin come into the picture? Well, you know, at that time, even before I left Ottawa, you know, by the time I was 16, we already knew about the Austin scene uh, in the blues. You know, I'd started taking some a few blues guitar lessons in Ottawa, and because I because I couldn't figure out how to play blues. Um, and we were going to the blues jam, but then, you know, the Vaughn brothers broke out, you know, and we started hearing about Austin. Stevie Ray got really big and, and then I saw the fabulous Thunderbirds uh, in Ottawa. And I, I could, I was just like, I think I was also forever changed from seeing Jimmy Vaughn at that, at, at that age. And, and I knew about Austin and I just wanted to go there so bad. We knew what was going on there. 
Um, so I got, I got to Vancouver and we started gigging as, as the Sioux Foley band around Canada. And then, then we got hired by Mark Hummel, uh, a Bay area harmonica player. And he got a, sure. he got a state side. Cause you know, for Canadians, it's not easy to play in the States, right? It's, it's a real hassle. Like they really make it hard. Even to the, even to this day, it's quite hard. It, you got to go jump through a lot of hoops. So we didn't know how to get down to the States. We were kids. We were just like, but we knew, I knew I had to go to Austin. So we, we toured in the U S with Mark Hummel and towards the end of, you know, we toured almost steady for an entire year with him. And towards the end of that year, we met Clifford Antone, the owner of Antone's nightclub and record company and in Memphis at the, at the WC handy blues awards. It's called the Blues Music, Blues Music Awards now, but it's WC Handy. And then we met Cliff, and he told me to send him a tape, and he brought me to Austin. Oh, okay. Yeah. So wh why is it so difficult for Canadians to cross the border? It's the visa requirements to work in the U.S., um, the processing time. Like, for instance, it takes at least three months to four months to get your, they say, 120 days to process the paperwork. So you've, and you've got to have all your gigs booked out that far, right? Oh, okay. So oh, think about it. You, if you want to get, you know, a month's worth of work, it's got to be booked out five or six months. I don't know. Just a lot of people can't figure that out and get it together. And then you got to pay processing fees. So for a Canadian. And you're just a kid. You're just a kid. You just well, want to rock. Yeah, yeah. For a Canadian coming to the U.S., well, these fees and everything you don't not you're not going to make any money down here right away until you've played here for a while so it's a catch 22 right so you have to pay it's just it's just hard it's even hard now but back yeah. then we, we back then we just snuck across when mark hummel hired us and then we did figure out how to get paperwork because he sponsored us but okay yeah well, man you, so so when you went, went out with uh with with mark hummel you guys were really hitting the road hard, huh? That must have been an inc incredible learning experience for you, being out there uh, playing that many dates, you know, in a row with him, huh? Oh, yeah, it, we did. And, you know, prior to that, we played in Canada at these gigs, and th these gigs don't exist anymore, but they were very popular back then. It was, you'd play a week in every venue. Um, so mm. you would have a six-week tour, it'd be six gigs. You know, you'd get to a gig on the Sunday, you'd start on Monday, you'd play through Saturday, and you play three sets a night, three hour sets a night, plus encore if necessary, and a Saturday afternoon matinee. So I did that for a while before we even met Mark Hummel, and we, we were getting our road, you know, our road legs. And then, right. and then when Mark Hummel brought us stateside, man, we were playing all the time, all over the place. And uh, yeah, that's, that's what it takes, right, as you know. Yeah. Sure, sure. Well, yeah, there's there's a whole, uh, you know, blues trail. And I've, I've played that uh, <laughs> where I've played it all the way up, like uh, from New Orleans, all through Kansas City, all the way straight up into Canada. And then, and, and, you know, from from uh, east to west and then, you know, down the, the west coast of the U.S. Yeah, there's there's a uh, there's a ton of clubs out there. That's for sure. Well, and there was a lot more back then. And there's okay. I don't know what's going on now, but back then there was a lot of clubs there was clubs everywhere so we were working and it was great nice yeah. nice so you so you meet clifford antone and he oh. says uh come down to uh to austin uh, i want to sponsor you sort of well he called me up we had gotten off the road he told me send me something that's what he said and i got 
we got off the road with Mark and we were burnt out. I mean, we were tired. We hadn't, I don't think we'd been home in a year and it'd been sleeping everywhere, you know, just playing everywhere and not stopping, no homes. Uh, but so I got off the road, I was really tired and I, I, I did get into the studio and record a, a little demo cassette and I sent it to Clifford and, and I was, I was, uh, going out to the island, you know, off, off the coast of Vancouver and my boyfriend's parents had a place out there and we went out there and, uh, just were hanging out. And, uh, it was like, there was nothing to do. So we were going to bed pretty early and Clifford called and it was the middle of the night. And, you know, that was it. He called, he heard my tape and he said, Hey, I heard your tape, you know, you want to come down to Austin? You know, nice. usually when someone says to me, send me something, it's usually something illegal. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I'm glad you didn't do that. No. <laughs> no, it was all in the up and up. And uh, <laughs> sort of a, for me at the, at the time, it was like a Cinderella story because I really, really, really wanted to go to Austin. It was the only place I wanted to go. I wanted to go so bad I could taste it. You know, and I wow. didn't know how to get there. I was like, how do we get there? We're Canadians. Nobody knows us. Nobody gives a shit. Nobody gave a shit about us in Canada. Like, we, uh -huh. were, we were like, well, I don't know. Nobody cared about us up there. It wasn't until I came back to Canada after I'd recorded for Antones that people were like, oh, she's Canadian. <laughs> she's great. You know how that goes, you know? Sure. Well, at this point, you've, you've won like uh, 17 Maple Blues Awards. I think you're the record holder for the, the most uh, Canadian Blues Awards won by any one person. So, yes, you're quite celebrated. In fact, I saw you, you, uh, you've you been nominated a bunch of times, but you also won the, the Juno Award, which is like a Canadian Grammy in, uh, in, in 2001, huh? Yep, yep. Incredible. That's, that's, that's fantastic. Well, thanks. Uh, Sue. Thank man, you. Man, oh man. Well, so, so, uh, so, so you make it down to, to Austin, um, or, and you're in heaven, you're, you know, the, the Vaughn brothers are there. Uh, tell, describe the, the scene when you get down to Austin, you're a kid in the candy store. What's totally, what, what do you find? I um, mean, yeah, like the first weekend I was in Austin first weekend at, and you know, we were just hanging at Anton's club and Clifford, I moved into his place. He was, he had an extra wing and his a condo and he's like, yeah, you can just stay here as long as you need. It's a really nice, new and nice place. I was like, great. You know, and right. he's, he'd take us to the club or take me to the club every night. And the first weekend it was Albert Collins and Katie Webster where nice. it was like a double bill. And my, the place was packed and Collins was hot. I mean, it was, you know, it's just those times like, Albert Collins, man. I mean, there was nothing better than that. And, and, uh, so right. he put, he put me up there with Albert at the end of the night and I shot dice with Albert Collins that night. Oh, he, man. Took my, he took my money. I mean, it was like everything, <laughs> you know, I was just like, it was great. It was like, wow, this is incredible. And, and, and from there it just, it just kept getting better. I mean, I, there was so many good players and they took, they took me under their wing. They, they made me part of their family. I was kind yes. of in, in the middle of the. I was in the middle of it, you know. Now your fellow Canadian bandmates, did they stay? They followed me about six months later. Okay. They followed me down. And then it was great. Then I had my band from Canada. We were all Canadians. They loved us. We're all young. We're 21. Right. And so we, we, you know, we, we found other people 
people our age to hang out with and have when we just had fun man we just we were at the club every night we play we got to play with everybody yeah to me austin's the only cool thing about texas the rest of the state can you know to me is a is a pigsty but I love, I, I love, I love Austin. You better be you know. careful where you say that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Sue, is, Sue, is, Sue is an all, all Texas team now. It's not just Austin, right? Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I'm fully, I'm fully, uh, I, I drank uh, the Kool-Aid. I love Texas. Man. Oh, really? look around. Uh, oh, my God. Uh, I've been to Dallas, and that place is awful. And Houston is. I love Dallas. There you go. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, let's no, stop no, right here. Hey, here's the deal. You got to know where to go. You got to sure. know the, the inside scoop. But West Texas is unbelievable. Oh, well, wow. yeah, you were coming from Austin and you were, you were already an insider there. So, you know, you had an, uh, had the inside track to the, the cool part of, of Texas, you know, the, 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 that whole blues continuum that runs through, you know, all, all the towns, they have a scene and, and, you know, all over the place there. Yeah. And, you know, at the time, you know, Austin really was it. That's, this is where we hung. Right. We, we played around Texas, you know, Houston, San Antonio, that, not that much in Dallas, but I've I've grown to like Dallas actually this time being back. Um, but and I, I enjoy the the whole vibe of it. Everything really. Yep. Yeah. And like you were you were talking about Albert Collins, like at at that time, uh, a lot of that uh, that a lot of people in that generation were still active and, and you know, at the not young men, but, but at the top of their game and you, you, everybody came through Antones. I'm Absolutely. Sure you- we saw everybody. And, you know, we were the young kid band and they put us out on the road. We were opening for buddy guy. We were the openers. Like we got every opening gig for some reason. We were open for all the alligator acts, Coco Taylor. We toured with buddy nice. guy. I mean, that means watching buddy guy every night night after night and following his band. I mean, we were out with Johnny Winter. We were out with Lonnie. Oh, I love Johnny Winter. I know. Yeah. We were out with all those guys, you know, and and women like Coco Taylor, too. I mean, so it, all these people are dead. You know, you just you forget that. Oh, shit. Well, I don't I don't forget because it's like, wow. Yeah, it was a big deal. It was a big fucking deal. Like, if I sure. can say that, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah. Those guys were so heavy. There was so much, like, if I have a criticism of the blues scene today, it's not really a criticism. It's just that everybody died, you know? And there's That some, first generation is gone. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's, it, you can't really get that back. There's, there's some tremendous acts right now, but uh, that, the, that whole thing, there was a real reckoning as far as, uh, who was good? I mean, Little Milton, Bobby Bland. I mean, everybody was like right. Ray Charles. I mean, everybody was still alive. So we would see all these people and John Lee or whatever. And you'd be like, you, well, you really felt like an ant <laughs> next uh-huh. to those guys. Like, and women, you know, Etta James or all the people. I'm sure you understand because you've been sure it's a long time. But well, right. well, besides, besides you, who's out there doing it right now? Yeah. I mean, there's a lot of people out there. Just, it's not Albert Collins and Coco Taylor. Let's maybe put it that way. Right. So it's a, a newer generation. But uh, yeah, the, the blues, people always love the blues. You know, it's, uh, it, it may not be on the radio, but, uh, but man, it's, it's a thriving scene. You know, it's. 
yeah, it stays, it keeps going. Right, right, yeah. right. Yeah. Well, at that time, you were talking about the the fabulous Thunderbirds, uh, Keith Ferguson. You know, yeah. I'm sure you. It's uh, some real characters uh, too. You know. Uh, yeah, he was. We hung out with him a lot. Yeah, and are you that. friends with with the with the uh, the uh, Sexton brothers? Yep, I'm. I'm more friendly now um, with Charlie. Will Sexton lives in Memphis. You know, you know Will better than. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Will Will's a good friend. We we uh, he he was on the podcast. I played on his last record. Uh, right. Love Will, love Charlie. Uh, played played in in uh, Austin not too long ago for their their birthday party. The that uh, Continental they've had it for I don't know forty years or something. And uh, I know, and, had, and I heard you guys were here the day after, and I was like, what? We were like, we still would have been there. Shoot, yeah, I wish you would have. There, oh. there was room, you know. It was a, I thought, oh, for sure, Steve Wertheimer, who was who was uh, the the picture of of prudence. I thought, oh, he's going to cancel this. He goes, no, come on down, guys. You know, we've been doing this this uh, Saxon Brothers birthday thing for so long. We oh. didn't get to do it last year. I really want to do it, and I really want y'all to be here. I'm like, fuck yeah, Steve. You know, we will. He's the best, Steve. Yes, is, yes, he's love our Steve. guy here. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Um, well, you know, so you were you're talking about uh, you know being being young and you know I was uh, like being a woman in 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 the music business or being a woman in the in the blues world. I mean, you you feel like you've you've had to to fight a lot uh, uh, against preconceptions or uh, you, know, you have feelings about that that subject. Well, hmm, it's kind of a loaded question. I think we all have our own fight to fight. So I've never tried to fall back on the whole female thing um, because I always felt like people have asked me that question and I was like, well, you know, we all have our challenges. Guys have challenges too. Sure. Um, and we all have our own set of challenges based around who we are. But, you know, I was probably more discriminated against because I was white than female, you okay. know, in a, in a blues scene because, you know, blues is – and Canadian even to boot. I mean, Canadian, Jesus Christ. Sorry. Sure. <laughs> now that you said I could swear. <laughs> like, sure, absolutely. But yeah. you know what I mean? Like being Canadian right. probably was a, a more of a thing around my neck than anything. Because it's like, who? They're like, Canadian? What? Who cares about Canada and the blues, you know? So. Right, right. No, okay. All right. That, I, I like that answer. That's, that's, uh, that's great. Well, yeah. I mean, I. The female thing, and I don't know what it's like to be a dude, but I've traveled with a lot of dudes, and I didn't think in the I didn't think this path is easier for anybody. No, no, no. Music business is not a place to go if you want an easy time. You know. it's, <laughs> no, uh, especially it's, now. No, we only do this because we have to. Yeah, at this point, we have to, and right, you know, or well, we. I mean, we I, we could do something else, but we still no. We're when I say we to have it. to, I don't. I don't mean that we don't have alternatives. I mean that we we are compelled to. We, yeah. We're, our our internal drive compels us to do this. That's why we did it in the first place. You know? Yeah, it's like some crazy thing that just keeps you going. It's a calling. It's like the priesthood, yeah. but uh, it you know, is the, exactly. Yes, and yes. I've said that too. I've said that and thought that myself. Yeah, it's like being a a priest. You know. Yes. You yes. take a vow of poverty. 
<laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not celibacy, though. <laughs> right. Not no no vow of chastity. But, no uh, vow. Uh, <laughs> I don't think the priests are very celibate. Well, there yeah, you that's, go. That's, 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 a, that's a whole yeah. other subject. You're right, Manny. Yeah. You're probably right about that. <laughs> Well, Manny, I'm, I'm looking at my cocktail, and I'm thinking uh, this might be a good time to uh, to re-up. What do you think? Yeah, I think so, too. And uh, Sue, uh, I don't know if you're drinking with us tonight, but we always take a little break right now. Uh, it's like a halftime kind of thing. Yeah. And we go, we go refill our uh, libations, and uh, we'd like to tell the celebration to do the same thing. And uh, we should be, we'll be right back. God down in Texas, gonna judge with Mr. Manny Chevrolet. I am Renee Coman, back with our guest, Miss Sue Foley. Now, Sue, uh, we've had a variety of sponsors over the course of this podcast. Uh, currently, we're back to our original sponsor, which is Loose Change. Okay. And, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah, 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 Loose Change. So it's, it's not, a, not a, a specific entity. It's just the you know, loose change that you have in your pants pockets or... You know, we discovered people put loose change in their uh, their car ashtrays now. Mm-hmm. Where else, Manny? Well, you can find it in your couch cushions, or you know, a lot of people keep coins like in a in a in a, a jar. Yeah, right. Or, uh, you know that kind of stuff. I, I like to keep all my loose change in this huge uh, uh, '70s ashtray mm. that I've had all my life because I've been I was a smoker in the '70s. Right. You know? You know, but uh, loose changes everywhere. I mean, you, you can just walk the streets and you can find, you know, a penny here, a nickel there. And and, and for the nation, they, they know that loose change is what we need. Right, uh, right. So yeah. and you were saying that you'd even found some loose change in your daughter's room. So, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, you know, yeah. It's, 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 it's everywhere. So people, you know, uh, when you have that loose change, uh, you know, even in your bank account, you know, we have the, the PayPal link there. We have a Patreon page, our, our patrons uh, supporting us week in and week out. If you're, if you're a, a regular listener, even just an occasional listener to the uh, Troubled Men podcast, uh, you know, get some skin in the game and, and, uh, and support the podcast. It uh, helps us to, uh, you know, defray our operating costs, co- costs 
and uh, costas and uh, and uh, and bring you these these uh, scintillating guests like we have tonight. And uh, you know, for for free, you can uh, follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, rate and, us, and, us five and, stars. and you can still get T-shirts, right? Our T-shirts yes, are still available. Yes, T-shirts are still available. The links are, are right there in uh, in the show notes of every show. And uh, yes, you can uh, represent, show all your friends how cool you are. That uh, not only do you listen to Trouble Men podcast, you have a Trouble Men podcast T-shirt. Yeah. In fact, in fact, I was walking uh, from campus the other day. Uh, to my car, and I'm walking uh, as fast as I can mm-hmm. I, to get home and get out of Anyway, I hear this guy, someone's going, Manny, Manny, and some guy walking his dog, and he goes, uh, you don't know me, but I'm listening to your podcast right now. I love it. While he was walking his dog. Nice. I said, that's right. I don't know. You stay away from me. Get out of here. <laughs> no, no. But nice. uh, no, he ended up, he's, we've got a mutual friend. Um, okay. So, uh, you know, he's the end of the podcast. He was listening to the, uh, what was that show we did a few weeks ago? Michael Pays. Michael um, Paz, yes. Michael yes. Paz, yeah. Right, he was right. listening uh-huh. to that while he was walking his dog. And, okay. Uh, he's coming to the fundraiser. His Excellent. name is, I don't know, maybe you know him. His name is Hesh or H- Hirsch. Hirsch yes, I do. Hirsch Katzen. Yes, he's a, he's, you, a, he's, a, he's a regular supporter of the podcast. Shout out to Hirsch, Hirsch Katzen. Okay, yes, yeah. Yes, yes big, well, big supporter. Patron oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I can't believe I remembered his name. You know, yeah, I can't either, yeah, man. Yeah, can't, because it's, it's I'm the, the f- worst politician, uh, Sue. I, I can't remember names. Oh. Yeah. You know, and I, and, uh, I, I, uh, I shake babies and kiss hands. There you, you go. Know, which is the worst thing to do. I'm style. looking at yeah. your guys' uh, Instagram right now. I just followed it. Oh, no. Oh, okay. really? Okay. All right. Very Excellent. good. Very good. Very good, Sue. I've, I've just, uh, during the break, I, I had a, 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 a bite of a chocolate bar na- na- uh, with a cacao. Have you okay. ever had cacao chocolate bars? I've seen those. Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. They're like a they're like a, a shot of speed, man. Yeah, it's a whole yeah, jolt. It's pretty yeah, pretty it's stiff. Yeah, 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 so yeah. Bear with me. Right, sure, All sure, right. sure. <laughs> so Sue, mm-hmm. back to you. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So you're in Texas mm-hmm. in the eighties. You're seeing all these legends. And uh, they start dying one by one. <laughs> and you 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 kinda take over you take over the scene, right? What was the nineties first? It was the nineties. Okay. Uh, uh, no, I did not take over the scene by any means. Uh, but, you know, I just kept going. I mean, that's what we do. But, right. Uh, right. You know, people started sort of dying off towards the end of the decade of the 90s and then into the early 2000s. By now, you know, we've got Buddy Guy. Is it because of Flocka? What? Was it because of Flocka? What's the that? Flocka addiction? No, I don't think Flocka made it to uh, to to Texas in the in, uh, in the nineties. Uh, but uh, I I did want to point out that so so like uh, and and we're kind of going to move a little bit quicker through this now. But uh, so starting in ninety two, you record your the the first record for. Uh, for Antone's uh, yep. Young Girl Blues mm-hmm. makes a big splash. Uh, since then, you've recorded like uh, fifteen records or something like that under your own name, and something like that. 
and uh, done records with uh, with Lazy Lester. Made a couple of records with 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 him, and and uh, you know just just a, a huge uh, body of work that you've produced. Mm -hmm. And leading up to uh, your your record right before this current one was kind of a breakthrough record for you, uh, the Ice Queen, in in 2018. Mm -hmm. And on that record, you had. Uh, Billy Gibbons from ZZ Top and Jimmy Vaughn, who you mentioned was, you know, the, the Vaughn brothers made a big impression. And now these are your peers, your, your, uh, you know, that you're, you're, you're in with them. In fact, I saw that, that, uh, you recently, again, I'm jumping around a lot. You recently, uh, guested with, uh, Jimmy Vaughn on a show opening for Eric Clapton at the, uh, the Royal Albert hall. That uh -huh. must've been thrilling. huh? Wow. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Jimmy's been really supportive and, and uh yeah i love jimmy love him to death and uh, a great guy yeah i still go i still go see him play all the time i always learn something he's just a great really elegant guitar player and very styles you know he's got so much style he always had a lot of style but style you know it's something that you really need to take into account as a as a player because it's it's important, you know, and then you see people that really have style and you're like, man. Yes. Well, taste, you know, yeah. style and taste are kind of the same thing, you know, and there's, there's, there's been, uh, you know, the, the, uh, the, the uh, technique versus taste uh, thing. And it's always taste always wins, I think, you know, cause, cause, uh, cause that's where it's at. You know, it's uh, the flashing fingers are, are, are fine, but you know, it doesn't, it, it, doesn't do you any good unless uh, unless it tastes good. There you go. <laughs> Taste is a great word for it too. Yes, yes. Yeah. Well, so 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 uh, uh, honing in on on this this uh, most recent record, uh, Pinky's Blues. Um, so th that's that's a, a nickname for your guitar, right, Pinky? Yeah. And 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 for those who who haven't seen photographs or don't know you well, it's uh, that's a, a pink paisley telecaster guitar uh -huh. that, that you've been playing forever i was i was talking to a, a, a associate of mine and asking if they had any questions for you and he said well ask about that guitar because uh i've never seen her play any other guitar but that one and uh it's obviously a, has a, a big central role in your career how did you come across that guitar what's the story behind the behind pinky well i i um when I gravitated to uh, solid body electrics, I, I started on acoustic and then I went to a hollow body as I got into electric guitar and then I was going to get a solid body and I, I was thinking about Albert Collins and Muddy Waters and everybody mm -hmm. was playing strats at that time so I bought a Telecaster. Um, okay. I, I, I specifically bought a telly because I didn't want to sound like everybody else. I was like, I'm going to get a telly. So I got a blonde telly originally. And then, um, I don't know, a year or so later, they reissued those pink paisleys. And they, I walked into a music store in Vancouver and I saw it and I was like, oh, I have to get that. It's just like one of those <laughs> things like I've got to have that guitar. Right. And uh, I ended up getting it and I paid it off and payments and that and that one guitar you know i was what 20 years old at the time or 19 or 20 and that one guitar saw me through to this day i mean I, it's the same guitar you hear on my new album you've heard on every album i've recorded i'm just not a collector of guitars right i i've played this one guitar the whole time which is 
pretty wild because most guitar players are collectors and they love to switch around. But I've I've always stuck with this one guitar. Um, so let me ask you something real quick. For someone who's not a musician, I'm not a musician. Now, what is the difference between this Strat and this other guitar? What what, what what's the difference? Well, is they it just they the have sound that comes out. Yeah, they sound distinctly different. They've got different pickups. The pickup is what uh, you know magnifies the sound, I guess, or it's the electronics. So it's got different styles of pickups in it. First of all, that, that sound different, but they're also shaped different. Um, they have a different setup. They're, they're quite distinctly different. Now, if, if you weren't a guitar player, you might not be able to hear the difference. Well, I, w- I was asking, uh, uh, Bill, we had Bill Kirchin on a, f- a couple of months ago and I was, he's, you know, notorious, uh, telly guy. And, and I was asking him about the telly cause telly has kind of a thing to it as a whole school of, of telly players, you know? Yeah. And, uh, and he said, well, the telly is, is the most basic guitar that you could possibly have. <laughs> yes. It's the most basic guitar. It's, it's kind of like the first electric guitar was styled, you know, a telly styled after that. Um, and it's very basic. It's, it's like a block of wood, basically. Um, right. And it, right. I always figure like if you can make a telly sound good, you could probably play pretty well because there's no bells and whistles. Like if you just play a telly through an amp with no effects or anything, you kind of got nowhere to hide. So um, I just always like the telly. I like the image of the telly, but I'm, I'm a stone telly player. Right. And yeah, I love the sound. You know, Rod Hodges, uh, Iguana's guitar players, is, has a bunch of guitars, and he brings them on the gig, and they all sound good occasionally, you know, when yeah. he occasionally brings them on. But uh, nothing sounds like his telly. You know, it's got it's got a cutting sound, but it's a fat sound. It's not thin, you know. it's uh, It's got a lot of body to it. It's it's hard to go wrong. Man. Yeah, you can't go wrong. It's a, I call it the greatest guitar. <laughs> of course. There you go. There you go. And and those and those pink paisleys are are so so distinctive and such so, such a beautiful uh, uh, you know uh, specimen of of a telly. So that's and it, and it's it's a sexy guitar. You know, it's a pink paisley. That's a that's a good sexy girls guitar. I like that. Cool. Sexy boys guitar too. Thank but, you. Uh, well, yeah, you know, yeah, and yeah. that paisley stuff is just it's like wallpaper. Like so, I've had this guitar so long that it started to chip. You know, I've had it bumped it into things and dropped it. I mean, got you name it. That guitar has been through it. So that paint just chips off and not, it's not paint, but it's like this paper underneath it. Um. So my guitar, like it's not the one on the album cover. Cause the album cover, I've actually got a couple of new pinkies that are set up similar to my old one. Cause that, the old one, I'm not bringing her on the road anymore. I decided okay. year before last, I wasn't going to bring her out cause it, she was too precious. So um, I ended up getting a couple of new ones. Okay, nice. Yeah. Nice. But they're both Paisleys, too, so. Yes, yeah. yes. You've got to keep that, that visual yeah, identity exactly. going. Well, so, uh, so, so tell us about Pinky's Blues. Now, I was, I was listening today. It's a, it's a very Texas-centric record overall, I mm-hmm. think. Yeah, it's a guitar record. I mean, that's why we called it Pinky's Blues, because Pinky is the guitar. It's a guitar record. And, uh, you know, last year we were we were limited in what we could even do in the recording studio because we couldn't see anybody. So we got a very small group together. It's recorded mostly, uh, it's all live. Uh, And it was, you know, there was only three or four, five of us in the studio, three in the band and Mike Flanagan producing and 
our engineer and uh, we just all set up in one room, one big room and, and away we went. And we just wanted to play, you know, tunes we loved and we were just like, oh, let's try this, let's try that. And then I was like, oh, I wrote this one, let's try this one. But it was very casual. It was all done in like two and a half days. Nice, yeah. nice. Well, and, and I, I saw that uh, early on in the pandemic that uh, you and, and Mike Flanagan, the great organ player, Mike Flanagan, I always, I always um, uh, point out that Mike is the only uh, organ player that I've ever seen uh, play bass pedals with cowboy boots on. Yeah. You know, you know usually people take their shoe off so they can play uh, bass pedals with a sock, you know, because they can really feel it. But not only does Mike not take his shoe off, he plays with a cowboy boot. I don't see how he does it, but it, you would never know he's got a boot on. He, he plays so so beautifully. So, But but you and Mike Flanagan were doing a, a quarantine live stream uh, yeah. like duo shows, right? The Texas Blues Party. Yeah. And, yeah. And and um, you recorded you and Mike. Well, Mike recorded a, a, a record, uh, West Texas Blues, that you played on. Yeah. Early on, that kind of had grown out of that uh, Texas Blues party. Talk about that a little bit. Yeah. So we started, you know, right. We were just talking about that today, about six weeks into this lockdown stuff. And we were looking for something to do and people were live streaming. We thought, well, let's try it. But we wanted to do something different. So we set up, we made a whole set. It was really fun. It was sort of like a really low budget seventies TV show or something. You uh -huh. know, it was like, <laughs> it was kind of cornball, but we had like a set and a backdrop and, and uh, we, we couldn't bring a drummer in because we couldn't see anybody. So we brought, we used this drum machine. It's called the Rhythm Ace. It's like one of those 60s. I think it's from the 60s. Yeah, yeah. And it's really cool sounding, like one of those early drum machines. So we played along right. with that. And it was, uh, and then we, it was like a variety show. So we would, we would have a theme, you know, like, hey, it's Freddie King night. And we talk about Freddie King and play some Freddie King songs and then call up a friend who, had played with Freddie King, you know, or something. And Oh, cool. And uh, so we did that. It was really fun. And and that, that you know, we did it four times, and, and then we kind of moved on to other things, and then we did Mike's album, and my album was right on the heels of that. So we used the same kind of principle, you know. We've been, you know, looking at all these old albums and thinking about stuff and thinking about stuff we'd learned way back and revisiting stuff. So that's kind of how we came up with the tunes for each of our albums. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you're, you're talking about, uh, Stevie Ray Vaughan and, and, and in fact, uh, Chris Layton, the, the double trouble drummer plays on both of those records, right? Yes. And isn't that funny, right? Uh, cause Chris Layton is our friend and, right. uh, he's around here and he's still a magnificent drummer and loves to do things. And we got to hang out with him and we were actually swimming together with Chris Layton today, believe it or not. <laughs> it's just one, one, one big happy family yes. over there in Austin. We were, down at, we were down at Barton Springs today swimming with wow. Chris. Yeah, me, Mike, and Chris, yeah. That's that's really quite a uh, quite lovely image. Isn't there. that wonderful? Yeah, it's not a great image. Like, we still look like musicians at the pool. Or <laughs> you can kind I mean, of tell. everybody's very pale. Yeah. <laughs> We can tell we're not the athlete, athletes, but we're... Well, you, well, you can't tan. Uh, you're very, very no, fair. No, no, right? I can't you, tan Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Neither, neither can I. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, uh, 
No, the 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 sun does not agree with uh, you know like a the I've I've heard somebody say an Irish person at the uh, at the beach is like a fork in the microwave. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I just get like freckles, and they just kind of connect after a while. Yeah, <laughs> like one big <laughs> freckle. <laughs> yeah. Sure. Sure. So, so uh, you're there, uh, Chris and uh, Chris Layton and and uh, Mike Flanagan, and and you uh, you bring in your your uh, bass player from from the early days, John yeah, Penner. Huh? John Penner, yeah, from the early days. Nice. Yeah, nice. my and, very first bass player, the guy that came down to Austin from Canada, and then now he's okay. back in my band. Right on. Crazy, right? Hey, like hey, do you, do you know, um, he lives in Austin. Who's that guitar player that was uh, filling in for Billy Zoom that was on our show, Renee? What's his name? Um, uh, uh, Jeez, uh, uh, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, He's in um, all those uh, horror flicks. Yeah, music. oh, jeez. I can't believe I'm blanking on, on this. Yeah. Uh, because you know, <laughs> I I can't remember his name. Either, he, his, he, his book just came out. Uh, uh, he's from Beaumont. Help help us. Uh, um, hmm. uh, he, he was playing with X for a while. He was filling oh, in John for Billy Doe. Zoom. John Doe. No 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 no. no he, he, fi- he was um, he was filling in for oh, Billy Jesus. Zoom. Uh, I'm gonna have to cut all this out because I sound like too much of an idiot to. <laughs> I can't come up with his name. Sorry. Uh, I'll, I'll think of it later on. But uh, yes, I'm yes, I'm sure Sue Sue does uh, does know him. But uh, anyway, I, I so Sue, um, are you still playing with the, your Canadian mates, or they've all gone their different ways? Well, we've all gone our different ways, except the bass player John, who came back to my band. So okay. John Penner, yeah, who we were just talking about. Right, right. And are you getting ready to promote this new record? You're going to go on tour. Yeah, we're going on tour in a couple weeks man i was looking at y'all's schedule and uh you guys are hitting it hard um you you know you you got well first of all you have a couple of uh, jesse dayton is the fella's name man jesse that's right trying to come up with jesse dayton sorry jesse it's uh i was picturing your face the whole time just you know i'm 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 very distracted i got about 10 things going on right here at one time (laughs) but uh um so so yeah looking at your schedule so you you have the uh the the uh, record release party you have uh the anton antones record release in austin on october 15th mm-hmm. and then then you have the uh the houston uh record release at rockefeller's on the 22nd yeah and uh then you have a couple of more Texas dates. I think you play Dallas maybe the next day or something. Yeah. Then you then you guys a uh, quick run through the Midwest and then you're up into the Northeast and and uh, all of latter half of October, all of November, December. You guys are are out there hitting it hard like the old days. Yeah, let's hope so. We're just we're just praying everything holds at this point. It's it's. I'm just happy to have things booked. Yes. And then, yes, and, no, and then I'm like, okay, I hope they work. <laughs> okay. Right. No, I'm I'm looking at your schedule. I'm going. Mm. I mean, that looks like hard work, but it looks like good work. You know, it's like, yeah, mm, it looks hope. delicious. <laughs> I can <laughs> picture myself out there. Well, yeah. Doing a whole string of one nighters like that. You guys should be out there. 
Yeah, well, we will be. We will be. I'll, I'll be out there, uh, and the iguanas will be out there. Well, well. So, uh, so, so, you have uh, these three videos out now. You guys have been kind of uh, dripping the singles out uh, uh, one by one. They're getting great response and getting all these these terrific write ups. I was telling you, this is going to be a, a big record for you, Sue. I'm so excited oh, for you. You know, yeah, everybody can feel it. You know, you have a good team. Uh, uh, you know, assembled. Um, well, thank you. After 30 years, it's going to be, uh, you know, the, the uh, uh, what do they say? Uh, uh, <laughs> 30 years to, to be an overnight sensation. I right. Don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I'm just, you know, we just keep going. I don't know what's going on, but let's hope, let's hope it just keeps going. That's all. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Everybody get vaccinated and, uh, you know, uh, take, take, take your vitamins. And, take uh, your vitamins, can- yeah. We, we, we can do this. Yeah. Um, let's see. So, you know, I was, I was looking, uh, uh, speaking of uh, Patreon, I, I saw that you, you have a, a Patreon page and everybody should check that out. There's, uh, there's plenty of exciting things in, on the, the Sue Foley Patreon page. But one of them, I saw the, the mid-tier uh, gives you access to the Sue Foley podcast. Now, uh, now, what pray tell goes on at, on the Sue Foley podcast? Oh well, you know, this is I call it Sue Foley's occasional podcast because it's quite occasional. And I have um, I started interviewing women guitar players in two thousand and one, so they're all they're all done on cassette. So I started to digitize those interviews, but I've been putting them together in a book for this long. It's twenty years now, believe it or not, and. Uh, it's taken me, I've done, a, I did over a hundred interviews up until about 2010. And then I just kind of wow. sat on them. And then I, I did a couple of drafts of the book and I'm not, I think I'm on my third draft right now. Okay. I'm honing in on it, <laughs> but, nice. but I did start to, uh, to take those interviews and I digitized them and I've been releasing them as part of this, you know, just for people who do wanted to, support that project as something that could kind of get some insight. So who are the big names that you interviewed? Well, I interviewed a lot of big names, a lot of more obscure names, but people, you know, I did interview Bonnie Raitt and Susie Quattro and Jennifer Button. And, cool. Um, I haven't done, like I really haven't done any interviews since 2010. So I really am not up on all the, the recent young guitar players and there's a lot of them, but. Um, I, I, I'm more stuck to people who I was more influenced by and, and, uh, that were around when, you know, when I was coming up, Charo, right. Charo was my, actually my last interview. And I did that last year. That was awesome. I love Charo. Charo, Charo. Really? She's alive. Yeah. She's thriving. She's fantastic. Wow. How old is she? She must You'll be never like know. Old. You'll never know. She still looks the well, same. I could, she did I could Google it. I could Google <laughs> yeah, it and she find actually, out. She actually went in and changed her birth certificate at some point. So nobody knows exactly how old Charo is. But she looks great and she still plays guitar. And she's a great guitar player. But yeah, so people like that. And she's in Austin? No, no. Charo is, I did it by Zoom, but she's in, I think she lives in LA. Okay. Yeah, she's fantastic. You look her up on Instagram, she's crazy, but she's wild. But anyway, yeah, I did. I did a lot of interviews. So I just um, my Patreon. I do a whole bunch of things. I kind of just throw a bunch of content out there, and then I I sometimes put out those interviews. 
Nice. Well, you know, uh, Sue, for, for those playing uh, Trouble Men podcast bingo at home, uh, this is the first time that Charo has ever showed up on the podcast. So congratulations. Really? Yes, yes. Wow. Believe it or not. And, you know, I'm a huge fan. Uh, so is Manny of like, you know, the, the 70s Dean Martin show. Yeah. And, you know, all these shows that Charo was a, a regular on, you know, the yeah. Love Boat, you know, but uh She's somehow she's she's not really in part of the zeitgeist, but I love it when we can uh, when we can reintroduce these these uh, these classic figures. Isn't to, it uh, isn't it wild? Because I you know when I was doing my research to interview her, I was going back and watching all those things, and I realized you know Charo was probably the first woman I saw play guitar because okay. you know she'd come out and do the comedian thing and the coochie coochie and make everybody laugh, but then she'd play guitar and she had this artistry to her, you know, this artistic, serious side because she was a, quite a serious guitar player, flamenco and classical. So I think she was the first woman I saw play. And I, you know, I grew up with all these men playing and all these guitar heroes who were all men, but you didn't see women. That, so that's why I, I got into that project because um, I was sort of enamored with, you know, just the whole idea that, well, when I was coming up, there was that many and now there's a lot right well that's exciting man i i'd, I'd definitely read that book oh, you know thank that's you. uh yeah man that's no I, I look forward to that that's uh troubled nation we have something to look forward to <laughs> you know, after after we fully see the, the the you know the the uh the supernova that pinky's blues is about to become oh here. <laughs> you're too kind thank you renee that's very nice oh, well. of you well, Sue, it's it's such a pleasure to have you on. You know, wait, 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 wait. wait, wait. Yes, yeah, yeah. Are you, when are you going to come to New Orleans? Well, we're going to come down there one of these days for sure. <laughs> okay, maybe February. Okay. We're supposed to ride through there on their way to Florida, and I've been telling my agent, you know, get us something. Yeah, for sure. You know, and, and, uh, well, I know anytime, uh, you guys are through town, if the iguanas are playing, you always, uh, stop in and, and tell us hello and sit in with us. It's always such a, we a always to have. do. And you know, we go way back. Cause I, when I first met the iguanas, I don't think you were in the band yet. Right. Um, now, or were you? I mean, that was back in when I was still with Mark Hummel. So I wasn't even 21 and I met Joe and Rod. I mean, you guys were. Right. No, you, you knew when I got in the band, they already knew you and, and they would mentioned you and, and told me who you were. And, and, and so, yes, you knew the iguanas before I knew them. Yes. And we met them. We had come to New Orleans and we were with Mark Hummel, you know, we're kids. Our first time in New Orleans. And I don't even know how Mark knew you guys or if we just happened to meet you guys. Joe was bartending. Uh-huh. Um, the Palm Court or yeah, something? Yeah, 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 down there, <laughs> right? And uh, right. But we were just hanging out in town. We had some time off, and we ended up just hanging out in New Orleans, man. And we just had a blast, you know, and got friends with, you know, made friends with all you guys, and it was great. So, yeah, we go nice. way back. Yep, yep. I love the iguanas. I'm so, I'm so happy you guys are still together and it's like just such a comfort. Yeah. You know, I always say, uh, there's not enough time on the timeline for us to develop the kind of connections and, and, uh, you know, relationships and telepathy that we have with each other, with anybody else. We don't have a choice, but to stay together. You know, this is, this is my one shot at this kind of, uh, the, you know, the, this kind of dynamic in a band. Yeah, it's really special. 
It's really yes. special. So yes, and it's a bunch of guys that you could do it with. You know, it's not everybody you could stay together with that long. Oh, I mean, for this sure, is a group I can. it's so yeah. rare. So absolutely, we love seeing yeah. you guys. So well, we can't wait to see y'all back down here, Sue, and 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 God, be safe out there on the road. And and uh, I just I have such such great expectations, and 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 uh, I know it's going to be a great tour, a great year for you. Well, thanks so much. Thanks for having me. It's really fun. All right. Well, uh, Sue, as always, uh, Troubled Nation, we'd like to say trouble never ends. But the struggle continues. <laughs> Good night. Good night. Good night. Good night.